welcome to season one and series premiere of Cold Cuts by Platform. This show features six amazing, wonderful, and talented actors who have never, ever, ever, at any point, seen the script that they're about to read for you. It is a concept based on an idea by Dick Lang Brogan, who combines scripted and unscripted podcasting for the platform team in the winter of 2020 using their open door policy. They took the idea and produced six episodes of Oh Wayward Nights, which is a prequel to series to Dick Lang's podcast, My Town. So I would love for all of you to meet the actors that will be performing for you tonight, as I've mentioned previously. They have not seen the script. They only know the characters that they're playing. So if you could, please introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about your experience with cold reading as an actor. And because I'm a little bit hungry from hearing the word cold cuts over and over and over again. How about also telling us your favorite sandwich filling? First up, we have Paige Elena. Hello, hello. My name is Paige Elena. I'll be playing Felicity and the heiress. Um, I think this is a super fun concept for an audio drama. I'm super excited to cold read. I didn't have to learn any lines, which is really exciting. I love that. And uh, I think, you know, I, I don't eat a lot of meat. So I think my favorite sandwich filling is going to be cheese. I mean, good old, good old classic cheese sandwich. Grilled or raw? Ooh, I I gotta say grilled. I like the really fancy grilled cheese sandwiches with like brie and like apples and honey and stuff like that. Like the really bougie stuff. It's the good stuff. Up next, we have Eric Anderson. Hello, hi, my name is Eric. Uh, pronouns are he, him. I play Artie the Gardener and um, background, I've recorded some audiobooks and I hate reading anything twice. So this seems just my style. Uh, yeah, I mean, super excited to be a part of this, uh, favorite filling would probably be bacon. I mean, it's more of a garnish, but I think it can, it can hold its own. It's not a garnish. It's nature's candy. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Very true. Up next, we have Maggie Vihan. Hello, everyone. My name is Maggie. I'm playing Missy and the Inspector. Um, the extent of my uh, cold reading experience is basically just the classic, you know, audition, callback, first table read, cold read. So I'm very excited to do it in this format as the actual performance. Um, and to answer the cold cut question, I'm also a little bit more of a cheese person than a meat person, but I'll give you both answers. Um, if we're looking at cold cuts of meat, I'm going to go with prosciutto, probably. And if we're going for cheese probably a tie between parmesan and brie they're both top notch can't beat them so your favorite sandwich is actually a charcuterie board yes what I'm hearing here. <laughs> but don't forget Good the taste. bread oh never never that, that, <laughs> no i'm scandalized that you would even think that i would i just wanted to make sure we're all on the same page we are <laughs> up next we have emery chase Hi, I'm Emery. I will be playing Irene and the house guest. I also um, have a lot of experience with cold reading through theater auditions and script reads and stuff like that. Um, I also cold read probably a fair bit of my voiceover auditions just because I don't want to do it a second time if the first time was good enough. <laughs> um, as far as sandwiches go, it, most often I eat tuna sandwiches. But as far as favorites go, I'll eat anything as long as you add avocado to it. 
love avocado. It's a good sandwich topping. It really it's is. Good, but it's hard because then your sandwich has such a short lifespan. True. But if you're making a fantastic sandwich, why would you just let it sit? Because I don't want to cook tomorrow. I cooked today. I don't want to cook tomorrow. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> I need the sandwich to go two days. <laughs> Up next, we have Kevin Hauger. Hi, I'm Kevin Hauger. He, him. I'll be playing John in The Doctor. Um, experience with cold reads is pretty much just like table reads. Lots of those, so it's not quite the same. Um, sandwich fillings, I love salami. But the thing that I put on every sandwich is just mustard. Put it on pretty much no matter what. I just like to smell like a guy who just ate a sandwich all day. Whole grain or no grain? Ooh, whole grain for sure. That's the yeah, correct the, answer. The grainier, the better. Yes. Oh, yes. You've got to taste those mustard seeds. It's all about the texture, man. And last but of course not least, we have James Johnston. Hey, everybody. Uh, James Johnston. Uh, I'm based in New York City. He, him. Uh, my agent knows that I don't do rehearsals, so this was the perfect project because I pretty much only do cold reads. Uh, and as for sandwich failings, it's got to be anything that comes from Mr. Sub in Union, New Jersey. Shoutouts to the boy Joe. And uh, that's my whole, yeah. I hope Joe saw that. He didn't. <laughs> well, I'll send him the VOD personally. Anyway, we are about to skit ready. So, hey, platform, the script, see vous play. These scripts will be emailed to all of the actors who, as I mentioned previously, are seeing this script for the very first time. They do not know what will be going on. They do not know how it will end in multiple episodes from now. It's all live. It is all them seeing it for the first time. This story is the broadcast by Carolyn Lesney. It is a murder mystery. I'm halfway expecting it to be like one of those jump scare videos. Like that's what's going to come through my inbox and I'm just going to freak out live. That would be if I was producing this. I'm not producing this. This whole thing was done just for that one bit. Spoiler, it's actually, it's actually Rick Astley. Please make sure to gesture when you have the script. Yeah, thank you. Keep it up for me, please. All right, all of our actors are ready to go. This is the broadcast, episode one, The Distant and the Inevitable, by Caroline Lesney. Late at night, in a stairwell. Two pairs of footsteps ring out as they climb the stairs. A young man is panting, almost running, his fellow following quietly behind. I don't know what I expect at this point. Three years kicking my own ass and still nothing. Well, not nothing, I guess, but nothing real, you know? I thought by now I'd be making some sort of headway, not auditioning every other day and not hearing back. Ping from a smartphone echoes loudly in the bare stairwell. Ugh, Seb again? When is he gonna learn that I'm off on Fridays? The duo's footsteps slow as they leave the stairwell. A ring of keys jingles in the young man's hands. He unlocks his apartment door. They step inside. The young man tosses the keys down and... Hey, what are you doing? The door slams behind them. What are you... Uh, hey, help! Ah! The man starts choking, gasping for breath, but he can't throw off his attacker. 
They slide to the floor, smashing a mirror on the way down and pulling a pile of books with them. The man thrashes, kicking his feet, fighting for his life. Please. Please. He wheezes, <sighs> kicks once more, and falls still. The murderer rises, takes the keys from the young man's limp hand, and locks the door. The crackle of a sickly sweet 1920s song from a gramophone. Welcome back to the Mystery Hour with the Lotus Players. You're listening to Glitter and Betray. When we last left you, our cunning inspector had gathered all her suspects into the lush and summery back garden of Sterling Manor. Among those others under suspicion are the heiress. He was a brilliant man, my father. The suitor. Just, uh, just uh, down the road, uh, you know. Morton House. The doctor. Second Volunteer Infantry. It's where I met Westwood. The house guest. How absolutely marvelous. And the gardener. I ain't got time for you now, and I won't have time for you later. Well, the inspector discover who done it before it's too late. Let's listen in. Birds are singing and bees are buzzing around the patio of the sprawling gardens at Sterling Manor. It is 1923, and the Victorian manor house is still the gem of the Massachusetts countryside. There is a polite tinkling of china as the heiress and the, her gathered guests serve and sip on their tea. Someone coughs daintily. More tea, doctor. Thank you. Cream? No, no. Anyone else? This quite reminds me of the tea party I shared with Princess Charlotte in Monaco back in 21. Though, of course, then we were served raw fish and citrus slices. Can you imagine? That's what they made of this little tradition. <laughs> what are we doing here, Inspector? It's getting increasingly difficult to ignore your presence, welcome though it is. I'm simply observing, Doctor. Isn't that what investigators are meant to do? I'm sure I don't know. It's your profession, after all, not mine. And I'm quite sure that I wouldn't attempt to, say, suture an open wound. Quite. So don't try to solve this, Doctor. You'll only leave a scar. Uh, perhaps uh, you'd like to answer, or, or to ask, uh, that is, to say, we would answer, do you think, uh, questions, Inspector? Could, uh, could uh, be a place to start questions? Well, questions about what, exactly? I don't recall an explanation for this detainment. You're very free to go, Miss, as is everyone here. Just as long as you don't leave the property. Trust me, as much as I enjoy a game of trust the turkey, I know when I'm properly tied up. Look, Inspector, I'm sure everyone else is very happy to sit here and talk about the weather or whatever it is they usually do, but I'm on the job, so if you don't have anything to say, I'm back to work. His chair scrapes angrily back on the pavement. Now wait just a moment. Inspector, perhaps you and I could discuss this in private. No, stop it right there. No one's going anywhere. To make short work of things, I'm investigating a murder case. <laughs> a murder case? How could a murder case possibly involve the residents of Sterling Manor? Well, for starts, it happened here. The crash of shattering china as the house guest lets her teacup fall to the ground. No one is laughing. Here? I'm investigating the murder, Miss Westwood, of your father. No! But my father, it was a suicide, and Inspector, 
he jumped. It's more likely looking back on things that he was pushed. Pushed? For God's sake, she's shaking like a sinner on a Sunday. Could you show a little decorum? Respectfully, miss, this is a murder investigation, not church. Uh, can I can I uh, get you a cup of tea, Miss Westwood? Something a bit uh, uh, a bit stiffer. <laughs> Careful there! You're in the presence of a police officer. Surely, Inspector, under the circumstances. I'm all right. Really, I just I need to sit down for a moment. Please. Suter clears away the tea tray noisily to make room for the heiress. She sits down in a swath of lace on the chair. But murder, Inspector? Uh, surely not. You think that one of us did it? Well, of course she doesn't. That would be absurd. Wouldn't it, Inspector? Inspector? I would urge you all, if you know anything, not to hold it back. I would be remiss if I did not impart how very serious this is. Uh, forgive me, but I'm finding all of this very hard to believe. How could anyone have wanted the old boy dead? Everyone loved Westwood, exalted him even. That may be so. Still, we believe his death involved foul play. Why, oh. Inspector? Why would anyone want to kill my father? I don't know why, Miss Westwood. That's what I'm here to find out. But you deserve to know the circumstances, so here's what I know so far. Yesterday, in the police station, a file is slapped noisily onto the inspector's desk. Here's what we know so far. Take a look and let me know what questions you got. This is practically nothing. Hey, no shit, Sherlock. That's your job. Well, it'd be a little easier with a Watson. Spread too thin, kids. Spread too thin. You gonna read that thing or keep staring at the back cover? He pours a cup of coffee as the inspector flips through the very few pages. She sighs, running a finger down the page. Cause of death, suicide. Found dead at the foot of his house by his daughter, Christ, when she rose early for breakfast. Appears to have jumped from the open window of his fourth-story personal study. But this looks routine. Head trauma, exposure. Oh. Oh. Mm hmm Well, that's interesting. I'll have to ask. Drugs or alcohol at the scene? Uh, only the barbiturates, and he's been taking those for years. High blood pressure. So these figures are consistent with what? A push? Yeah, that's what the experts say. And there's his doctor's report that he was in uh, unusually high spirits. And no, no. So... A cover-up, premeditation, this is somebody with access. Somebody intimate. My thoughts exactly. Any ideas? Five. Five? Hey, what do we always say? Means, motive, opportunity. We think we, we think we know the means, it's your job to figure out motive, and only five had the opportunity to push Westwood from his window at three o'clock in the morning. Five that, conveniently for you, are all currently staying at Sterling Manor. So, who are they? First, the heiress to his fortune, current lady of the estate. He was a brilliant man, my father. There's a young man from nearby. Uh, just, uh, just down the road, actually, you know, Morton House. Looking to form a, how should I say it, a family alliance. A big white one. Yeah, exactly. Then there's the family doctor. 
Second Volunteer Infantry. It's where I met Westwood. He's an old family friend, according to the photo albums. Military buddy. Same story for their current house guest. How absolutely marvelous. <laughs> Military buddy. Yeah, family friend, maybe a little more. Miss Westwood reports that her stay is quite extended. And then there's the gardener. I ain't got time for you now, and I won't have time for you later. Notoriously uncooperative. And no one else lives there. Yeah, they let most of the staff go during the war. One boy came back, wounded back in 1917, so they let him stay on. And he was in the city at the time of the murder. His alibi solid. Checked it myself. So five people with opportunity. Still, it's not impossible that the old man killed himself. Yeah, not at all. But until we talk to the suspects, we'd better assume he didn't. Back in the garden. The birds are still singing. Clattering of the tea tray has stopped as everyone listens, affixed to the inspector. It's not as straightforward as we thought. The postmortem indicates Mr. Westwood landed head first. Both his injuries and the angle his body was found at suggest he didn't leave that balcony willingly. Couldn't... <laughs> well, pardon me, but couldn't he simply have fallen like that when he jumped? When's the last time you heard of someone suicidal doing a swan dive? Oh, I think... I think I'm going to be sick. Would you excuse me? Creeping of the patio furniture as the heiress rises unsteadily and clips quickly away into the house. How ghastly. It is rather a grim business. Yes. Now, hold on, Inspector What's-Your-Face. Let me get this straight. We're all suspects here for the murder... Even if we had nothing to do with it. Well, you all had something to do with Westwood, even if it was only cutting his grass. But, but, but uh, you, you can't be serious. We, we, you mean we all... Of course she's serious. Look at her. You think they send inspectors places without a reasonable cause? Well, I'm not talking no matter what you want to know. I don't want to be next. How can you even say that? There's a murderer running around, and you think we're not in danger? Which is exactly the reason I need cooperation. The faster we figure out what went on here on Saturday night, the safer you all will be. Then... Then go right ahead, I say. Of course we'll cooperate, Inspector. Would you like to get started? In the manor's main foyer, the heiress shuts the garden door behind her, stifling a sob. She takes a steadying breath, clears her throat, and shakes her head to clear it. Her jewelry jingles. A sudden violent ring from the front doorbell. <gasps> Lionel, the tight-lipped, quietly handsome houseboy, races past her and swings the heavy front door open. Gravel shifts in the front drive as Lionel steps out. Yes, all right, thank you. Lionel comes back in and the door swings shut. It echoes down the hall as he comes back toward the heiress. What is it, Lionel? A telegram for you, miss. He hands her the telegram, and she sniffs gratefully. Can I get you anything else, miss? No, no. You can go. Thank you. He starts away. Then his footsteps slow, and he turns back. Are uh, you all right, Miss Westwood? I... yes. Uh, thank you. Lionel. Miss. He heads off. 
The heiress rips open the telegram impatiently, discarding the tattered envelope onto the hardwood below. Tut tut and inspector, stop. Now you've made me mad, stop. Stay away from the police or else, stop. The distant and the impossible become inevitable, stop. I'll be watching you. Stop. The paper quivers, her hand shaking around it uncontrollably. Oh, God. She drops into a love seat, and the telegram falls at her feet. The house guest comes in from the garden with a gust of jasmine breeze, her high heels clipping on the hardwood. Darling, oh, dearest, don't worry. She falls into the love seat with a poof and draws the heiress close to her beaded chest. Don't let that police officer out there frighten you. I'm sure this is all a big misunderstanding. No. Let's have a drink while she's not around, and then we can get to the bottom of this. No, no, there was a telegram. The house guest retrieves it from the floor and reads the message quickly. Well, gee, that doesn't sound good, does it? No, it doesn't. What a terrible idea of a joke. You think a joke? You don't think it's real? It can't be. It just can't. Hold! Hold! We are flung out of the world of the murder mystery and into a contemporary apartment doubling as a recording studio. A couple of voice actors come out of character. Hey, could we hold please? Thanks. Uh, Jesus mm. fucking Christ, Sebastian. Can't we get through one run of this thing without a lecture? Here they go again. Just wait it out. It's not worth it to fight. Okay, would you watch your mouth, Missy? My kids are in the next room. If we could afford a real recording studio, they wouldn't be. Just, just chill out and take a mitle or something. Oh, fuck you. Okay, it's been a long night. Let's just get this finished with and we can all go home. Please, God. Thanks, John. No worries. Okay, let's run it down quickly, reestablish our character's circumstances. What is this, middle school? Just do it, okay? Quick, now, Felicity. Uh, the heiress, uh, well-bred and withdrawn into mourning. Okay, right, Missy. The outsider, the relentless and quick-witted inspector. Thank you. John, jumping onto the doctor's track. Right, the medical military vet with a heart of gold. Ironic. Irene? The house guest. High class and conceited. Sounds familiar. And Artie! I'm the gardener. I'm the opposite. And me, the skittish, scutter, uh, stuttering suitor. Everyone on the... everyone on the same page? Can we get to whatever the issue is? Uh, I'm sorry, Sebastian. I, I know I was a little flat on the reading of my telegram, but, you know, I, I thought that too much fear would be overkill. So I, I don't know. What do you... what do you think? No, no, no. Felicity, you're fine. Actually, uh... I, wa I wanted Irene to... Oh, what a surprise! An issue with Irene. Watch it, babe. You are giving me very much Keanu Reeves in the garden scene. He's an icon of the film industry. Guys. Sebastian, whatever you need from me, I promise I can take it. Oh, yeah. Her 40 million Instagram followers and zero acting classes have really prepared her for rejection. Oh, 40 million? Up, Artie. Egotistic asshole. Nepotism hire. Oh, you want to talk nepotism? How do you think your bland ass got Can we this? wrap this up? I've got an early shoot in Glendale. Hey, if you don't shut up, you're all fired! <clears throat> Thank you. 
I, I, I know this isn't Lionsgate, but I, I still appreciate a little, little professionalism. Sure thing, boss. Thank you, Missy. Okay, you know what? Let's, let's just take time. Okay, I need a drink. On Sebastian's tiny balcony. Felicity leans over the cold metal barrier and into the Los Angeles evening. Cars drift by below. Crickets chirping occasionally from the grass. Felicity's pen is scribbling across a notebook when the back door slides open. <laughs> a smoke break? John steps out onto the balcony and Felicity snaps her notebook closed. I don't smoke. No, sure, of course. Neither do I. That's good. It is? Well, uh, lung cancer and all that. Uh, right. I just needed some air. It's getting a little... I know, I know. I'm sorry about Artie. He's, well, he thinks he's right about everything. Well, Sebastian's not any better. And he just keeps asking my opinion. I, I mean, I wrote the thing, so I wouldn't have to explain it. I don't know. I, I must not have done a very good job at it. No, 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 you did. John smiles. Felicity leans over the balcony and lets the wind blow her hair back a bit. What are you writing? Oh, nothing, nothing. It's it's not important. Sure it is. Let me see. Oh, no, I really don't think you'll... Come on, I love this stuff. Oh, I couldn't. <laughs> you're... <laughs> what? You're, you know, a writer. Like, like a real one. I'm just... I... It's nothing. Maybe some other time, then? Maybe. <laughs> hey, can I ask you something? Sure. Why did I get this part? What do you mean? Am I only here because of my brother? What? I mean, I know they're friends, and I'm not stupid enough to think that means nothing, but... Wait. Hold on. Did Artie actually ask Sebastian to give me the part, or was it just, you know, out of obligation, or some It kind wasn't of even pity? Sebastian who wanted you. I was the one who wanted to cast... <clears throat> oh. I didn't... That's not what I meant. It's, it's just forget about it. It's okay. Well, it's not... You don't understand. Betsy pops out onto the balcony with a grin. Uh-oh, it's the cops! <clears throat> you know, because of my part in the... Fine. All business then, I guess. Sebastian wants you guys back in there? We're coming. Like, now? Okay, Missy. You are so much fun today. Missy goes inside. Sean turns back to Felicity. Are you all right? Why wouldn't I be? Let's go. Together, they head off the balcony and back inside to the studio. John, thank you. Can you talk some sense into Irene? It's it's the scene where the house guest comes in. She's just left the rest of us in the garden. And Felicity, the heiress, uh, she's got this telegram, right? And, and it's obviously quite, quite terrifying. Right. Uh, I, th I think John, when he was when he was writing it, and and, co and correct me if I'm wrong uh, here, John. I, I think he intended for a little less uh, gravity fr from your character. Do you agree? Sure. Right. 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 Uh, so let's go back and try it that way. I think less gravity on getting a threat. The thing is, I don't know if the house guest like fully grasps the seriousness of what's going on. Of the murder. 
Well, I, I mean, she's got all these stories and all these travels, right? So it's not that she's naive. I think she's just, like, a little... Uh... Dumb. No, she's... It's experience in a different way. I just thought, wouldn't a woman who'd lived through, like, the First World War get it? Like, death and its permanence? Well, seriously. I mean... G? <laughs> it's not your line, is it, Missy? You've got plenty of your own as the inspector. I just think we've got the gardener and the doctor to kind of represent that, that hardened um, trauma. So your character gets emotional complexity and hers doesn't. No, no. John's only acting in his own work because we lost our actor for the doctor last minute. And and he's doing a damn good job of it, so let's not throw accusations around. It's fine, Sebastian. I'll do it your way. Felicity, what do you think? Me? What's your scene, too? Well, I don't know. What, what you said is fine with me. It, it makes sense that way. So you don't have an opinion uh, on the tone? Whatever you guys want to do. Hey. Great. Great. Now we can try it again. We are back at Sterling Manor. The heiress, sitting with the telegram crushed in her hand, pale as a ghost. Well, gee, that doesn't sound good, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> what a terrible idea of a joke. You think a joke? You don't think it's real? Oh, it can't be. Look, I'll get the inspector. That'll show you. She runs down the hall to the back door and swings it open. Bird song and muted conversation spills in from the garden. Inspector, do you mind? They come inside together and swing the door shut, sending the hallway again into echoing silence. What happened? A telegram. It just came here. She shoves the telegram at her. Someone's excellent idea of a practical joke, I'm sure. I'm not. When did this come, Miss Westwood? Just now. It was practically waiting for me. And who delivered it? What did they look like? I, I don't know. The houseboy answered the door. Lionel, he lives downstairs. Go get him. We need him to give a description. I'll do it. She hurries down the hall and turns off into the kitchen. This bit about making them mad. That implies that you called me, that you're on to them, or at least suspect them. They don't know I was sent here on my own. We can use that. Lead them on. Make them think they're cornered. It's good, Miss Westwood. It means we're a step ahead. Does it? What does this mean here, about the distant and the inevitable? It's Tolstoy, War and Peace. My father is, was a fan. It was my mother's wedding gift to him. The inspector runs down the hallway, leaning into the room along the way, and at the end, and peering carefully out into the garden. Then she hurries back. Who would send you a telegram like this? A telegram proving that something suspicious is going on when they know the police are involved? I, I don't know. Someone cocky, or else panicking. Someone who knew your father well enough to know his taste in literature, who knows that you would recognize it. Someone who wants you to know that they're getting away with it, who can't bear not to talk, despite the considerable danger it puts them in. 
You know what all that indicates, don't you? No, Inspector. I... Guilt, Miss Westwood. Guilt. Then who is it? Who fits all those parameters? I haven't the slightest. Still, it makes one thing certain. The old man was definitely murdered. A dramatic chord of thrilling music. And we are out of the radio play and inside the elevator. Felicity catches the elevator doors just as they're closing and joins Irene, who smiles when she sees Felicity's face. Going down? Artie's waiting in the lobby. Uh, sorry for him. <laughs> I better not say anything I'm going to regret later. How's the screenplay coming? I cannot believe I told you about that. <laughs> I'm counting on it for my big break. <laughs> I'm kidding. You already got me this job. That's plenty. Well, you got me through college, and that was a lot more work. <laughs> Only senior year. What's going on with you today? I don't know what I'm doing here, Irene. I mean, you, you, Fitz. I must be crazy for thinking I could do this. Everybody who wants to be somebody is a little bit crazy. What do I have to say? I don't have a story. Everybody has a story. Well, not me. The elevator dings and the doors slide open. Felicity, I'll see you tomorrow. On the sidewalk. Felicity and Artie head together toward the car. It's a quiet summer night. No one else is on the street. Their feet scuff the pavement softly. Crickets. A convertible breezing lazily past. We can just hear the ocean. That went well. Yeah, sure. You don't think so? I don't know. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, like, for one second. Nobody does. They teach you all that Stanislavski shit in school, and then you then you get here, and everybody's just winging it. Hey, Felicity. Felicity stops, but Artie continues to the car. John is jogging down the pavement after them. He catches up, a little out of breath, <laughs> and rocks awkwardly on his toes. Um, hey. Hi. You were great tonight. Oh, I don't know. I, I I didn't really do much. I mean, they're your words. Yeah, but they wouldn't sound any good without you. Artie unlocks the car a few yards away with a little beep and climbs inside, slamming his door noisily behind him. Look, uh, about before... No, it's fine, John, really. Uh, no, I, I know. I, I mean, if you ever want any, um advice about the writing, I could always... I mean, I, I know a little about it, so if you wanted, I'm free to help. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great, actually. Great. Awesome. Artie leans on the horn, and they both jump. Oh, oh shit. Uh, sorry, I, I've gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I'll text you. Felicity hurries to the car and climbs inside leaving John on the pavement. She slams the door shut. I was coming, you know. I don't like that guy. Everybody likes him. I know. That's why. <laughs> they buckle their seatbelts. Artie turns over the engine once, twice, and the car starts. He pulls away too quickly. Piece of shit. Next gig I'll get something new. Shiny. Artie fiddles with the radio. He spins past static to a classic country song, the news. 
It's a Mariana Grande. Finally settling on a soft rock channel. Are you... What? Uh, never mind. No, what? Come on, spit it out. You can't afford to trade this car in. Why? You blew it all already, didn't you? Blew what? What mom left you? Mom left me fuck all. Well, more than she left me. Hey, who's letting who crash on the couch? You didn't have a tuition to pay, Artie. Yeah, and whose choice was that? Felicity turns and rolls down the window pointedly. The night air blows into the car. Look, I'm taking care of it, okay? Soon I'll land something big and I'll pay it back, all of it, including your student loans. Oh, you don't have to. So, I'll take care of it. So we're doing the brother thing now, huh? The music scratches into static. Artie smashes the button, switching the radio off. They drive in silence for a moment. Tell you what, if you land a Netflix deal or get picked up by William Morris or hit the fucking lotto, whatever, before I do, you can pay off the loans, okay? Okay. They drive on. In front of Artie's apartment building, a bit later, the car pulls up to the curb. Artie leaves the engine running. Go on. I'll see you in the morning. You're not coming in? I got a date with Mary to Netflix and chill to a little Tarantino. Oh, gross. Come on, Fel. Go. I'm going. I can't believe you're that desperate to get your foot fetish torture porn party. If I stop the car, it might not start again. Just, would you get out? Fine. Call me if you get stranded in South Central or whatever. She climbs noisily out of the car. She has to slam the car door twice to get it to stay closed. Will you call me if you can't get home? He tosses her the house keys through the window. She barely catches them. Artie! Don't wait up! The car squeals away. Inside Artie's apartment. Felicity shuts the door behind her with a sigh. She tosses the keys onto the side table and takes off her shoes. Going into the kitchen, Felicity presses a button on her cell phone and tosses it down on the counter. She opens the fridge, the pantry, roots around for something to eat as the old, oft-played voicemail rings out into the empty apartment. Hey, I'm in the car, so don't try to text me back. I know you're failing Jen, Ken, but can you pick up some fresh pasta from that Italian place near you for your adoring and dedicated mother on your way home this weekend? And don't worry so much about finals, okay? You're just beginning. The world deserves to hear from you, Felicity. However you make your mark, that's the right way. Okay, see you soon. And oh, could you get me your frickin' brother to call me? We've got to take care of that boy, Fell. He's not as tough as he pretends to be. All right, love you. I could really use you right now, Mom. The voicemail tone plays. Felicity takes a breath and shuts the voicemail down. Then she pours a glass of wine. Felicity pads over to the couch, tucks her feet up, and then her cell phone starts to ring. She sighs and picks it up. Artie? Silence. She puts the wine down. Hello? Artie? You've made them very unhappy, Felicity. Very unhappy. Who is this? I have a message for you, Felicity. Stay away from the project, or else. What project? Who are you? 
the distant and the impossible become the inevitable, will be watching. The line goes dead. End of episode one. What? Yes, congratulations, everybody. That was beautiful. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful job. I'm so proud of each and every one of you. What a note to end on. I know. Right? I I love it. It's very... (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Nightmares. <laughs> Nightmares for days. I'm glad it it went off. I have not, I had no idea what I was going to do for that. <laughs> I thought I was going to have the voice modulators, so I just was banking on that. And then no, I didn't. that was no, that was great. I'm glad that it was it able was to sick. work in the end. So I I love this. It is a it is a not just a who done it, but it's a two done it. <laughs> Can we coin that? Oh, that was good. I Can like we coin that. that Who done it? That was good. <laughs> Thank you. I I love I love puns. I love puns <laughs> so much. So, who saw two victims? And I would like to hear from all of you who you think both of the murderers might be. And then at the oh. end of this whole this whole series, I'd like to kind of compare and see who got it right and who got yeah. it wrong. I love that. So let's go ahead and just start from the, I'm going to go, James, I'm going to go ahead and let you go first since you had to go last when we did the intros. James, who do you think killed, uh, who do you think both of the murderers are? I've been reading a lot of books about CEO mindset and about developing the alpha personality. So I'm going to go ahead and assume it's me for both. Oh, wow. oh wow. I love that. I love I that manifest. Of those things. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 in the CEO mindset book I have. It's nothing. Are you okay. sure it's not because you've been reading American Psycho? I have not actually. Uh, I'm normal and I've never read <laughs> American. <laughs> Psycho. I, I read books by women. Oh, uh, a feminist, <laughs> not like other men, ladies. <laughs> yeah, I can uh, name Hillary Mansell from Wolf Hall. Hey, go. that's what I'm reading you right had to now. Look. Great taste. You had to yeah, look. I know it's what you're reading right now. <laughs> In fairness, the movie was directed by a woman. Okay, there you go. So anyway, Kevin, who do you think are the two murderers here? Uh, I, I, I swear this is not just coincident with casting, but I have a feeling that it's Irene and the real one. And then I, I honestly don't know with the fake one. But I just, I feel like Irene takes so much crap and that's all coming out. Oh, that's a that's a very good motive right there. Yeah. We'll we'll put a pin in that one. Emery, who do you think the two murderers are? Well, uh, as my castmates know, I work for a murder mystery company, so I feel like there's a lot riding on me getting this correct. Your vote <laughs> um, counts for like five votes. I think it's not <laughs> the house guest, because I don't think she would like push somebody. I feel like she would poison somebody. Um, just I don't know like if, I, if she was gonna kill somebody she'd poison somebody so I don't think it's her um I feel, I, I, I want it to be the doctor I feel like because doctors Ooh. killing people is just so compelling because like they're I mean no one's supposed to kill anybody but like they're extra not supposed to um <laughs> and, and for the, for so the real world HIPAA. <laughs> yeah, <it's> so <laughs> HIPAA, like the biggest reverse doctor <laughs> um <laughs> And for the for the, like the real world murder, um, you know, it could be Irene. 
I, I actually never get to play murderers with the murder mystery company. I always play the victim. So if I got to be the killer, that would be pretty exciting oh. for me. Nice. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Right? Little killer and everyone. <laughs> yeah. But I also, I also, you know, I don't like Artie. So I feel like I have to say it's him too. Just to, you know, stay in character. Keep <laughs> Get a lot of yeah. anger, it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't leave him very much money. So like, maybe he saw the will and he was angry. Who knows? <laughs> Or is the mom the second victim? I don't. I don't actually even know. It wasn't clear. She was <laughs> no, murdered. No, I think or... she was. I think. I think the mom is already dead. Okay, yeah. Yeah. she's like not. Okay, died a while ago. Yeah, I think that was a non-murder. Maggie, who do you think the two murderers might be? So for the real life one, I'm getting tragic vibes from Artie. I think it's him. Also, he's the only one I guess that we have a motive for so far because of money. Um, so I'm just gonna, for the moment, I'm gonna say it's Artie. Uh, for the radio version, I'm going to go wild card and say it's Felicity. Ooh. Or the, the heiress. Ooh, I Again, love that. Money, also I feel it's unexpected. It's all money. Yeah. All comes She's thinking like money. 10 steps ahead, sending the telegram yeah. to herself, you know? Yeah. Exactly. That. Isn't that how you'd cover your tracks? What's yeah. the CEO oh. handbook say? With telegrams. <laughs> yes. I have my Morse <laughs> machine right here. <laughs> that would be pretty, like very impressive if it is her and she's just going all out for it. Mm-hmm. And you're I not- like, yeah, sorry. I like that the telegram, whoever wrote the telegram took the time to pay for the words tut tut. <laughs> That yeah, that's exact was, same thought. That's a great detail. <laughs> it it was it cost money for each word, so that's Being very extra fun. to be petty. <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, that could be <laughs> a clue <laughs> right there. Who would pay exactly. extra? Who would pay exactly. extra? <laughs> to be like that. Paris. CEO mindset again. Yeah. <laughs> and the Girl heiress boss. does have that kind of money. She, she does. She's an heiress. It's in her name. Yeah. Yeah, feel that's like it. It's a wrap, folks. It's done. <laughs> we did it. We figured it out. <laughs> Eric, who do you think the two murderers might be? So I think it's uh, John for real life because I think he's, I think Artie's right where he's a little sketchy guy. Everybody likes him a little bit too much. Don't trust that guy. And then in the story, I think uh, Sebastian, he's going to go through like some curves where like you initially think, oh, well, you know, he's the the, the suitor. So uh, he, he's going to be, you know, it'd be too obvious of a pick. Then they're going to give him some backstory where it's going to seem like it's not going to be him and it's going to turn out to be him in the final episode. Maybe the second to last episode. Maybe he didn't have the dad's blessing. Yes. You can't marry my daughter, so I'm going to push oh. you out the window. Oh, oh I love that. That's <laughs> what really I do. Good. Someone wouldn't <laughs> let me marry their daughter out the window. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right out the window. I love Kimmer, out you, the you window do know marriages. That, that if you're ever accused of murder, <laughs> that, like you saying this, it's just going to be used in a court of law, right? <laughs> in the very well, likely event. someone it. out the window, <laughs> so I mean, just, you have to leave them too much evidence to use against you. <laughs> It has to be too much to sift through. Because <laughs> again, it would be too obvious of a choice. You have to make exactly. yourself that person. Exactly. <laughs> and Paige. Well, see, I was so confident at first. I was like, it's got to be the house guest. She's doing the most right now. And there's no way it's not like like covering her tracks. But now maybe that's like the red herring and I'm a fool. And I've been, and I've been tricked. But um, as far as far as real world, I'm thinking definitely Artie. I'm thinking there. I think there's some sibling betrayal. I think there's Artie some Shakespearean. <laughs> there's some Shakespearean familial betrayal. I. It's you know what? It was the Tarantino. That's what did it. That's what uh, did it in the there's, there's, yeah. 
Netflix and chill to a Tarantino movie is insane. <laughs> only hey, a murderer would, would try Jane. to get, yeah, <laughs> try to get like hot and heavy that. to, yeah, yeah to uh, Inglorious Bastards. There's no way. <laughs> I want to make sure we're all on the same page that next week we all will be showing up with our already crossed out with like the gro- the Ghostbusters symbol t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think next yeah, week I'm just going to do the whole hoping. Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny thing. Eric, could I get like a headshot to draw devil horns on? Actually, yeah, yeah, would that be doable? <laughs> yeah, would that be doable? Would that happen? We're Artie. You're just getting piled on. Oh, just I wait wait for, for the tides to turn. Everyone will, will love yeah. Artie by the end of this. He's got a he lets goal. his sister sleep on his couch. He's, he's got oh, something nice. for him. That's nice. Offering a pair of student loans. My God, I don't have any siblings, but I think if I did, there's no way they would do that for me. I know. I think it's a pride yeah. thing. Like, I think he just oh, wants that, to oh, show off like by paying them off. <laughs> Fair enough. How can we paint Artie in the worst possible light? <laughs> <laughs> the worst possible light. <laughs> terrible. He blew all of his money on Coke. That's the, uh... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well Eric, say I'm, Eric, I'm feeling pretty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling pretty special and vindicated that no one voted for Missy or the inspector. So yeah, I'm it, free. It would be right. something if the inspector were the murderer. Ooh, oh gee, come oh, to inspect gee. your own murder case. <laughs> yeah, John knows what he's doing, that. and that's crazy. I just can't find the answer. Uh, well, uh, give up, everybody. <laughs> it's a draw. <laughs> Who's to say? Everybody, go home. Who's to say? Paige, who is your your in show murderer? My in show. Oh, uh, okay. See, I didn't. I didn't have a backup after after house kids. You know what? Uh, no one said it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna double down. I'm gonna double down on Eric. I think it's the gardener. There we go. <laughs> nice plot, plot twist. <laughs> plot I should just think it's gardener. Eric. It's just Eric. There's a third frame of the story. <laughs> I am, I'm actually there rewriting the script as oh, no. it's getting emailed oh, no. out. Yeah. So just oh. to, is that you saying you're going to murder someone? So if, yeah. if anybody's screen goes dark mid-read, <laughs> you know exactly yeah. what happened. Maybe maybe we should cut back on what we would do if we were in murder thing because I don't want to get any prosecutors calling me or the <laughs> this FBI. This isn't recorded, right? No, <laughs> no, no. no I I think it's way. important that a jury of our peers has to watch this whole whole podcast. <laughs> I think it's important that we have to that we play this whole thing in a court of law at some point. Besides, we'll just convict Eric. Like we've I mean, made I'm jury nullification. We'll they're gonna they're, they're loving Artie so far. I know it. Well, hey, <laughs> does anyone have any final thoughts before we sign off for this? First ever episode of season one, series one. Besides, okay. besides, everyone feels sorry for Art. Well, I feel sorry for Artie. So Nobody no. feels sorry. Artie's doing great things. I'm <laughs> telling you right now. Artie's Don't sympathize things. with the enemy. Artie, no, Artie probably secretly like gives puppies to orphans and widows, and he just doesn't brag. About orphans it. can't afford to take On care of weekend. puppies. He's an animal oh, abuser now too. <laughs> oh my god. Our, Thank you, everybody. You are all so talented and wonderful, and I can't wait to see where Caroline's script goes next week. Thank you so much for all of your time. Would love to thank the audience for showing up on, again, season one series premiere of Cold Cuts. I hope you're all enjoying sandwiches with as many times as I have said Cold Cuts tonight. (laughs) We would love to thank the following people. Cold Cuts is based on an original idea by writing producer Dayclan Grogan. The music, which is so jazzy and wonderful, and all of you are going to get it stuck in your heads at the end of the day because it's stuck in mine. Uh, Thank you so much to Vincenzo Torciello, 
The broadcast is written by Carolyn Lesney. We are going to be doing this every Saturday, subsequent Saturdays, uh, right here on Twitch, uh, starting next week uh, at at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But if you miss an episode, they are going to be posted every Tuesday on YouTube, and the audio is going to be available on all streaming platforms. Make sure to follow us at Platform Prodco, P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M-P-R-O-D-C-O, for more information. And we will see you next Saturday. Thanks again, everybody. Jazzy theme music.